and here we are hello everyone we're a couple of minutes early to make up for the fact that we were a couple of minutes late last week we're trying to be kind so i would like to introduce you to my guest maxine laceby hello maxine hello leslie hello everybody hope you're very well and you're and you're live from your kitchen I am live from my kitchen, yes. And if you hear my dog barking, I do apologise. I'm a rescue lurcher that does like to be heard. And also, if your children nip in in the background because they've decided they're starving and they have yeah. to have their lunch. Yeah. I've banned them from the kitchen till two o'clock. So. <laughs> so we'll be, as usual, we'll be on live now until two o'clock and hopefully we're live streaming onto Facebook. That link seems to be um, working now. We did have a few weeks of internet struggles. I think that's the struggle that we're all coping with um, in, in lockdown, but lockdown easing, lockdown easing. So maybe the struggles will ease a little bit, um, but don't do anything um, that puts you or anyone else at risk. Um, be uh, sensible and think about it for yourself. So hi, everyone. Everyone's saying hi in the sidebar. Um, and hi, everyone on Facebook. So today, we're going to be um, talking about stepping into your own skin at 50, which is obviously a subject particularly close to Maxine's heart. And I, when I was thinking about this, I was preparing for this session. I thought, how does this look for everyone, you know, not just um, those who are 50 and and plus but how does this look for everyone and it's really about stepping into your true potential mm -hmm. and um and finding your groove finding your tribe and finding your groove so i thought i write as usual i've written a little blog post um to go up on the pure website afterwards and that is really top tips on how to grow and um, fulfill your potential and i've done this talk a lot um especially to children um like 18 year olds because obviously they're doing a level two transitioning into university or their future life so it is relevant a subject relevant mm. to all of us and um some of the things that i talk about regularly that you need to be aware of um when you're like looking at potential is actually awareness you have to be more conscious and thinking and alert and aware of everything that's going on around you and not leaving everything to your subconscious brain. We talk about that a lot, not leaving your life in the hands of your subconscious brain because it's there to save you and protect you and it's your best friend, but also it can um, hold you back because it's full. That subconscious brain is a massive storage area of all the things that have gone before, not just for you, but, you know, for your family and your 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 granny and, you know, and all of that. That all comes down the evolutionary trail at us. Um be aware of your perspective and your attitude and try and um, see things from other people's points of view. Again, a, you know, a regular one that comes up when we're uh, when I'm coaching people is, oh, I can't do that. Well, we can pretty much do anything we want to. It's you won't or I don't want to now or um, yet, uh, the power of yet is wonderful. The Carol Dweck research on the power of yet. We can pretty much do anything we, we want to if we set our minds to it. But sometimes we don't want to do it yet, or we don't want to do it now. Um, but it's taking a perspective of other, you know, an, another viewpoint and seeing things from another viewpoint is a great one to release potential. And it gives you permission to park things and to say, I'm gonna work on that, I'm gonna do some research. I'm going to think about it and 
not make yourself overwhelmed or stressed. So perspective is um, really important in potential. Um, the next area that I often talk about when I'm with coaching clients is taking responsibility for yourself. Um, and we talked about this last week with Anthony about pursuing your passions and a great, you know, Pablo Picasso being a great example of that. Um, and make healthy choices. And uh, Maxine and I were just talking about this um, before we came live on air um, about the fact that you've been running. Mm. And I've been walking and I started, I looked at my journal. You all know I love a journal. Um, so I looked at my journal in the beginning and I was walking one mile a week. <laughs> and now I'm walking two and a half to four miles a day. Brilliant. So, you know, I'm feeling much happier and healthier. And also meditation. I've been doing meditation every day. And um, that's making me, keeping my well-being and my positive perspective um, on track. Although we all have blips and dips in that. And, you know, I definitely have the odd moment. Um, and it's especially influenced by the people you're with. Now, my husband, as you all know, had the COVID virus and um, I had quite a, you know, a, a period of time when I felt quite down. But I'm feeling quite, I've, I've taken myself in hand and, and as a result of me being optimistic and me being positive, the whole house mm. and everyone in the house, even the dog, has been much more upbeat and so it's very important to be careful about who you mix with and at the moment we're not having a choice but you can have such a positive impact on everyone around you if you adopt a positive mindset and you embed that with with things like meditation which i've definitely done and the last one is take responsibility for your own choices and that's again we were talking about that is um earlier it was um when we're not we're a democracy and we're not living in a nanny state within the limits and confines of staying home and being safe. There are lots of choices you can make yourself and it's important to keep making them. You can limit the amount of time you spend on your phone, which I think is a really good one. Um, you can give yourself permission to be content in the now, knowing that it's not going to be forever. You can give yourself permission to be happy. You can manage your time so you don't have to spend all day in pyjamas. And I'm going to prove that I'm not today because I am wearing my special boots that I showed Maxine earlier with the leopard skin heels. Power shoes. They are power shoes. Um, and you can avoid making assumptions. And that's especially important when you're spending a lot of time online reading content online. Fact check everything you read and be really careful about what you share and repost because that's a rabbit hole that we can really go down so i'm fine that i have to be really super careful of that because if i'm at the end of the day and i'm tired um then i find that i share stuff that i think oh that's interesting someone might be interested in that and then someone says to me that's a spam and i'm like fell into that trap again don't do it again as they sort of tell myself off i've got a very good friend in holland who does love to tell me when i've when I've tra been trapped in the spam. <laughs> he does always come on and say, that's another spam, Leslie. <laughs> so thank you, Paul, for being my uh, fact checker for me. But uh, yeah, so we're going to have a little chatty ramble, as we do, about potential and stepping into your own skin. So my lovely guest, Maxine, who we've all been waiting for, and I've, I've been teasing everyone, going, I will invite Maxine, I will invite Maxine, but I need to get the technology right first. <laughs> 
don't want to be, embarrass myself in front of someone who I have huge respect for by going, can't hear you. <laughs> can't hear you. Don't know what you're saying. So gorgeous, beautiful hair and lovely lockdown hair. Lots of hair. Um, loveliness. Maxine, tell us what you've been doing. Tell us how life is in the Laceby household under lockdown and how everything is going at camp. Absolute collagen. Okay. Hi, everybody. So, nothing's really changed for us, which is really bizarre. So, at the moment, we work from home and we have bought a warehouse and offices, but we were due to move in them this month. And obviously, we haven't done because of the COVID. So, that's just meant that everything's kind of the same. Um, obviously, the staff are all working from home. We've got a great customer service team and everyone's just getting on with it. And I think, yeah, I mean, what you were saying about keeping upbeat, I mean, that's, you know, I've had to sort of find my rhythm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, and as you said about, you know, the, the effect you have on other people. I mean, I've been absolutely fine with COVID and lockdown. And then come last weekend, I was just thinking, I was thinking, oh, but there's nothing going on. I feel really dull in my life. And then you've got to look round and think to yourself, actually, there's poor kids in high-rise blocks of flats and parents that have got one room between them, two children under five that can't get out of the house. So I think it's about reminding yourself of, of how lucky you are and for me it's just about finding my rhythm and having no expectation you know what will be will be we know that and it's about keeping safe and for me it's, it's all about customers you know customer service is absolutely something I am very passionate about and is you know we've got a great community the Covid's um enabled us to tap into that a bit more and to support people so it's just about being supportive but as far as actually collagen goes, nothing's really changed at the moment. No, it's interesting, isn't it? Because, you know, you work at home with your daughters, don't you? Do they yeah. both still live at home? They both still live at home. Darcy, my eldest, she's a director. She's our operations director. Her partner's been living with us for about three years now. He's now our financial controller, <laughs> which is hilarious. Does he have and to wear a like a, a, a financial controller outfit, oh, like a black suit? He said to me recently, I don't know how you used to do everything. There's so much to do. So I was like, yeah, thank you for recognising that. <laughs> everything. Margot is, is the youngest. She is uh, 21 this year, and she does all the digital content creation. And her partner moved in. Uh, at lockdown and poor joe is now busy packing in the garage because uh, we've had to furlough the packing staff yes. so thank gosh we have joe and uh, you know, I'm, I'm in there occasionally as well thank goodness for joe and the garage yeah absolutely i mean that's the thing isn't it i know last year you went on an amazing trip around india with the yes. girls and one of the but not not joe did joe yeah. go yes. go so you had a little bit of a glimpse of living intensely with your family. We did. So we raced to, well, Margot, my youngest, and this kind of ties into what we were sort of, what the discussion is. So Margot has always been quite shy and she's never realised how capable she is. So she'll come up against something she thinks she can't do. She'll stop and walk away. And I know she's capable, but we know that life experience teaches you what you can and can't do. So I thought, how can I teach her that she's really, really capable? She just needs to learn it. I thought, I know. 
I'll hire two rickshaws and we'll race them across India. And that's what we did, 1,000 kilometers. We spent a month, uh, yeah, mad. So we're all kind of thrown together. And it really was a mixture of slumming it beyond belief, breaking down up to 12 times a day, having to think on your feet. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was amazing. So first of all, Margot is no longer a princess which is fantastic. Oh, I hope Christy's not work watching. She'll be thinking I'm hiring rituals tomorrow. No, it's amazing. And I love India anyway. And secondly, we kind of had that experience of living very intimately and putting up with each other because that's essentially what we're having to do, isn't it? Put up with each other. Yeah. It's that thing about, you know, you are the, you become the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah, interesting. And a lot of times, you know, we're talking about, that could be your family, your work colleagues, the people you interact with online. But at the moment, you're going to become the sum of the five people in your household. And some people haven't got five people in their household. Mm. You know, we we have. Excuse me, I've got the hiccups. Um, we have, but um, it's life. <laughs> I've got hiccups. Um, we have, and as you, you know, you've got yeah, you've got five, haven't you, in yep. your house? Just the dog. Plus Rosie the lurcher. Plus the lurcher. And so you become the sum of those people. So, yeah, it's it's interesting how we will behave differently, how that might influence us. And as you say, you've got a little taster of that when you're in India. So maybe that's why things are kind of trucking along okay for you now because our brain waves. there's been some – hang on a minute. Let me click back over here. Um, it was a particular – guy who did some research into this and he looked at cinema goers i think he was called the name of um moran surf i think is what i want to say is the name of the guy um he looked at cinema goers yeah and um found that their brain waves start to ma match each other um as they're watching the same film so I know, yeah, Moran Surf, and he was a, a neuroscientist for uh, Northwestern University in America, and he did a massive study on um, brain waves, and he found that um, the most the most engaging trailers all produce the same um, patterns in people's brain waves. Isn't that amazing? Mm -hmm, very so much. It just goes to show we've been in lockdown for nearly eight weeks now with this same group of people. It's inevitable that we are all going to be starting to behave a little bit similar um, and um, enjoy the same things and hopefully get a, hopefully maybe it'll be that we all get on a, a little bit better after this. I know I'm, you know, I'm missing my daughter. She's in Manchester. Um, and we were just talking about this before we came on live. Um, she works for the Hut Group, which is a, a beauty, you know, she looks after beauty brands. And she's just launched the website. And she's going to hate me for saying this now because <laughs> she told me not to tell anyone last week. She didn't want it to crash. Um, she's just launched the brand new online selling um, platform for Burt's Bees. And we all love Burt's Bees. And so now you can buy online. And, and she was saying, but they obviously they've only got a certain amount of stock like you in the warehouse and she doesn't want loads of people going on and buying it. I was like, Christy, this is a bit double-edged sword here. Um, so do go on and buy Burt's Bees and Absolute Collagen because Absolute Collagen have got it all in their garage and I'm sure Christy can get some more stock. While she is now doing the translation for the German and I think French sites as well. 
So that's about to launch in the next you know month or so um, abroad as well. So yeah, it's it's being resourceful and resilient, isn't it? And working out what you can do. Again, that the power of yeah, and I think that's you know amazing that you. To, uh, I was so in awe, and I think Christy was ter slightly terrified that knowing how much I um, respect you, that the next thing she was going to be presented with was not a trip to Fortnum and Mason, but was a trip to India in a quick shot. You know, I recommend <laughs> it to anybody. Um, as I said, we did we did five star a couple of times and we stayed in hotels. We wouldn't even shower because it was that dirty. Oh. And so it was a real mix. Um, but it, it, really, it tests us and that was what we wanted to do. And you've seen a change in her. Oh, 100%. And, and in her confidence as well. Um, have you seen any change in yourself? You know, have, has it challenged any of your own belief systems? No, I don't think so. They might have a different opinion of that. Um, <laughs> I mean, I just love travelling. I love experiencing other cultures. I love doing it at grassroots level. I love pushing myself physically and mentally, seeing what I'm capable of. And I love a challenge. So it just ticked all those boxes and I'm itching to do something else now. I, I was going to say, do you think that's why you had the dip? Because you're like oh, me. Yeah, you're like me. I, I see everything as an opportunity. I'm yeah. always busy. I'm always looking for the next challenge. Oh, yeah. Oh, slightly disappeared there. She came back again. Um, Sorry. I'm always looking for the next challenge. And it's all right. You'll you'll refocus in a second. There we go. I'm always looking for the next challenge. And, and that's very much your personality, isn't it? You're always driving forward to find the next thing. Yeah. So I think maybe that's what caused the, the little dips when you think, oh, I'm boring. I haven't done anything new. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, my personal life is beautifully uneventful and that's the way I like it. You know, my I really, you know, my personal life is pretty horizontal, but I, I quite like it that way. I, I have a very easy personal life, but I do love the outdoors. I do love adventure. And I just love, like I say, physically and mentally and emotionally pushing myself. I like to do something once a year that completely puts me out of my comfort zone. So what I was going to do this year, and obviously I haven't done, is I was gonna do the Mongol rally. Wow. Mm -hmm. ah, so. so I was gonna do it on my own. And I, so the Mongol rally is you buy a car, it has to be under a thousand pounds, has to be over 10 years old, under a thousand CC, and you start, I think it was starting in Barcelona. They haven't released the start and you end up in Mongolia and it literally is six weeks by any means see you at the end. And I wanted to do it and I, I was doing it and I wanted to do it on my own. And what I planned on doing, and this probably sounds a little bit, um, who the hell do you think you are? But I wanted to invite people that had, had an impact on my life in some way, be it 50 years ago or 50 days ago and invite them to different stages of my journey and that's what oh, I wow. do it next year but yeah that's what I love doing. That sounds so exciting yeah that sounds right. I know Griselda who's watching um and Jeremy they often do um trips um all over the world and they go off for like two or three months at a time and they've been that's to Mongolia and they and Jeremy produced an amazing series of work 
um, last year for our exhibition last year, all based on those travels. And it was an interactive piece. Yeah. It was incredible. And he was just about to have an exhibition in the Isle of Wight, literally the weekend after lockdown, which obviously oh. hasn't happened. But they have agreed to move it to next year. So that will be happening at the museum called Dimbola in on the Isle of Wight. And that will all be... Yeah, have you heard of Dimbola? I have, yeah. Yeah, so that was happening there with a, two other artists. And so that will happen same time, so beginning of April 2021. I was thrilled for him that they agreed to push it because that's one of the things that I felt so um, sad for. A lot of artists, you know, they work, work, work up to a deadline. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden all the deadlines were pulled. Mm -hmm. And I can't see any of the exhibition programme coming back on stream until um, next year. Uh, at the earliest all of the autumn shows have been postponed or cancelled we won't be doing our live event in October that we normally do but I have already agreed provisionally with a venue for autumn uh, for spring next year assuming the um the crowd you know the social distancing measures are, are removed because if you do a big art fair you're trying to attract thousands of people. You're not trying to have one at a time. That kind of defeats the object. So, yeah, I'm hoping that by spring next year, we'll be able to do that. And so very much so for Jeremy, that his exhibition at Dimbola then can go ahead in the way that he foresaw it. But that was all about Mongolia. So I'm sure they would love to hear about your experiences. And you did, um, you're, you started back on your journey, stepping into your own skin by doing a fine art course, didn't you? Yeah, so, um, yeah, so, it, it, you know, I didn't complete the fine art course, and there's a reason I didn't, I'll go into that, but it just gave me so much. So I got to 50, and my children no longer needed me, which was brilliant. And I don't know about everybody else, I can only talk from my point of reference, but I'd always had to be mother, wife, daughter, friend, uh, sister, so every morning I would get up and I would say to myself, who does everybody need me to be today? And I would put this hat on of who everybody needed me to be. And I kind of got to 50 and I just thought, wow, I can be whatever I want because nobody needs me anymore. And it was the most liberating experience. Most of my friends have found that experience quite frightening. I found it absolutely so empowering. And I thought, right, what am I gonna do? And I've, I've lo I always love art. I, I absolutely adore art. And I thought, okay, I'm going to do a fine art degree. And so I went along to my local university, Wolverhampton, and applied, got on. One of the first projects I did was Dare to Go Bear. So I used to have long, dark, curly hair, which I had dyed every three, four weeks, well, every five weeks. I, and I always felt I had to look a certain way. And I think that was a hangover from growing up in an environment where men were more important than women. And women were seen in my childhood as an object. My mum did some modeling. Um, and so there was always this, you have to look a certain way. And I, I'm kind of talking retrospectively, looking back on, on, on my journey. And so, yeah, I found myself whatever I wanted to do. And so my dare to go bare was about me, a woman of a certain age, letting her hair go grey, having it cut short. I mean, it was very extreme. Um, 
and wear no makeup for a number of months. And I just wanted to see how people reacted to me. What it actually made me do is it made me realize how desperately insecure I was about who I was, what I looked like. And I just, it just really shocked me how I had been treating myself. And I just thought, you've got it all wrong. You have to sort this out. So for me, at that point, I knew it was a physical, emotional, and spiritual kind of approach into stepping into who I was. And it's really weird because I'd always have said to you, oh, I'm very me, I'm, you know, what you see is what you get, this is who I am. But looking back, I wasn't really me at all. No. And the irony is, since I chose to do that, and it wasn't hard, it was really difficult because I remember thinking, what if I don't like myself? What if I expose myself for what I am 100%? What if I find out I'm not a very nice person? What if I don't like myself? What if I'm a fraud? What if I'm a fake? And all these things were going through my head because all my life I'd hidden behind something. And I don't know... I've, I've only got my point of reference and I don't know. I'm adopted, so I don't know if that plays into it. Mm. I'm adopted 10 months old. I don't, I don't know, but I've always felt a bit of a chameleon, like I had to be somebody for somebody. So this whole process of stepping into my, my own skin was just so liberating. And, I can, and it was also terrifying. But I can honestly say from that moment on, my the world opened up to me. And there's this saying in artistry, isn't it? I, I think it's artistry. Open your heart, open your arms, and uh, the world will find you. And that's really what happened for me. And my experience is the more I became myself, the better things got. Yeah, it's about being in alignment, isn't it? Sorry? It's about being in alignment with yourself. But I, I didn't realise I was unaligned. That's yeah. I really didn't. Um, I don't think many of us do until we stop performing. Yeah, and it was performing. It really was. And, and, and part of that journey was being completely on my own. I've been single for five years, happily single, but I needed to be. I needed mm. to go through this on my own to find exactly who I am, who I was, who I'm meant to be, what I stand for, my values, my beliefs. And again, I don't know if it's being adopted, but I adopt other people's values. You know, so when I met my ex-husband, I stepped into his life and lived mm. his life. Forget mine, I'm living yours. Mm. And I, I don't know, if, I see quite a lot of people do that. And I don't know if it's a woman of a certain age, I, you know, when, you know, when you're born does impact how how you are, you know, the person you become. And so, yeah, it's been so liberating. And as I, but as I said, incredibly frightening at the time. Um, but yeah, since I chose, made that decision to be me completely, everything's kind of happened. It's amazing. 
I am. Um, I definitely recognise that whole like the performance thing. You know, being of the same generation of like you know, I went into the city and I and, and at Coca Cola, I definitely had to perform a version of me that suited what the what the what society and the industry wanted in order for me to be able to achieve what I wanted to achieve. I had to perform me, and I definitely recognise that the minute I decided no, that's I'm done with this. This is horrible. I feel ill all the time. I'm stressed. Mm because I'm not being honest and true. And I found um, as I've um, s- stepped into me, people say, oh, I'm so drawn to your confidence. And I'm like, well, I don't feel confident. I'm just being me. Absolutely. Um, I'm just being me. Mm. Um, and I'm being an honest, true version of me. I am ethical. I am kind. That is who I am. Yeah. And every decision I um, make is based on the fact that I would – want to be kind in my interactions I wouldn't want to do something that was a disservice to anyone else and and I hope that honesty and that integrity which I feel very much from you whenever I'm uh, in your company is something that I also you know live my true life by and when I'm working with my clients and when I'm meditating meditating I have to say it's been a game changer for me do you meditate do no you do medita- well I say no so I always thought meditation was this really complex thing. You had to get into this moment. But what I've kind of discovered is meditation could be as simple as when I'm washing up, I'm present. I'm yes. washing up. I've got wonderful, I've sat on my kitchen now, and I've got a wonderful view. And so I, if I'm doing something, I just try and be present with what I'm doing. That, for me, is a form of meditation. If it I'm is. Doing, I just run and I listen to the birds and, yeah, smell. That's- that is forest bathing you're doing then because you're mm. being present in the nature. Yeah. Absolutely. People say, I, I often say to people, do you meditate? And they go, oh, oh, no. Oh, oh, that sounds that sounds so complicated. I say, no, it's just breathing. <laughs> so it's just it's just breathing. So all you and you do that anyway, regularly, you you know, your body does that for you. Um, there are meditation practices. And during this period of um, lockdown, I've run a couple of um, guided meditations for groups and for one-to-one people as well to introduce them to it because it um, it helps when you've got limited distractions, you can form a new habit. And quite a few people have said, oh, I'm, oh, I'm really resistant to it. And then when they've gone through the 21 days of doing, I, I particularly like the Deepak Chopra 21 day abundance uh, meditation. When you take yourself through the 21 days, at the end of it, absolutely to a man, they say that has been life changing mm-hmm. because I realize I'm doing meditation anyway. Yeah. I'm actually meditating as part of my normal life. Mm-hmm. And it's just being, as you say, present inside yourself for a period of time, just being, looking at and thinking about yourself and going in and hearing all those things that you can't hear normally because it's too noisy, whether it's noise from outside, literal noise, or whether it's noise, you know, those, like you just said, all those all those old stuff coming up in your head. And I think, you know, talk about art. Art is a form of meditation, you know, because you, again, you're being present, you're expressing yourself. And mm. I find, and it might sound really weird, but I find my business kind of a form of meditation and a form of art because 
I'm able to express myself, my values, my... Somebody said to me the other day, you know, if you die tomorrow, what do you want to be known as? I want to be known, and I had to think about this, but I want to be, I would love to be known as a person with integrity. Yeah. That comes through every single thing I do, no matter what. (laughs) And like you, I, I... you know, life is actually quite simple. You know, I just want to be a good person to do the right thing, to take people's, you know, people into consideration. I want to steer my children in in the way, you know, I always say my role as a mother is to prepare my children to live without me. End of story. But I need to make sure that they are given the right tools. I need to make sure because they both work in the business that the integrity is absolutely key to what we do because we all need to sleep at night Mm. and I just find doing the right thing is just it's just in me it's just I don't know I think it's I think people battle with it and yeah makes life so simple it really does yeah if you're living your life and making your decisions from this ethical base all the time it I always say you have to when I you know when we're doing coaching and with like planning and everything you know find your why find the thing that you can check everything against what do you what are you referencing that decision against and I'm often asked what my why is and my why is very similar to yours it's I just want to make this a better life experience for everyone who I interact with so everyone who comes into contact with me I want them to leave thinking Oh, that was, I had a nice, you know, nice experience and I feel better. My why is definitely like no shadow of doubt my children, 100%, mm. you know. Mm. As I said, I just need them, you know, I, I I want them, I want to provide them with every single tool they need in order to go through life independently. And if they want to ask for help, they can, they have a choice. Mm. And it really is that simple for me, you know, which is why I, yeah, the why is definitely my children. Yeah, the choices is, is that's the thing, isn't it? Making sure that all the time you say you have a choice. Yep. Nothing is predestined, pre programmed. You always have a choice. And doing nothing is also a choice. It that's is. You've made a decision. I think also, you know, I am very lucky in the sense of, you know, a lot of your integrity your values and your your morals come from you know how you were brought up my parents Mm. were incredibly simple people in a beautiful beautiful way my dad um and I love this story neither of them are here now but my dad um was a bus driver for quite a period of time and the only thing my dad ever ever did slightly wrong in his whole life and he used to love it was drive the bus a couple of miles per hour faster so we had time for a fag it's <laughs> so beautiful my mum was illiterate she fostered 28 children I was the last one like I say she adopted me and again she was incredibly simple but I mean simple in a beautiful pure way and mm. I often say to people you know if there's something you don't like about yourself you can change it fortunately mm. for me I believe my morals and my um, integrity is is based on a good kind of barometer. And I guess what I'm saying is if you were brought up in a way that isn't to your liking, change. You can change. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. You know, you 
you you evolutionary and genetically and socially pick up these things as you go along but they don't define you you have the choice at any point to say no that that's not work that's not working for me now i mean i i was discussing this with anthony last week that you know i'm very i was very privileged to have some very formidable women in my growing up um two aunts and a very strong mother and my mother is still here and still on the, still on the bill oh, she's still on the plot she's still you know here lives with us and um influences how i think and also you know when i met paul um his mother as well incredibly um intelligent and um powerful woman that you know also had a, a massive impact on me because i've you know known paul since i was 18 years old and but there have come along the time and I thought, hang on a minute, that's not serving me very well now that, you know, being always wanting to break the barriers down. I always, you know, I don't need to do that anymore. I don't need to be constantly hitting. I've done my bit. I've, I've got as far as I need to do personally with this barrier breaking. You know, I do see I want to um, still challenge some barriers within the art world, but I don't need it to be my mantra. Mm. My mantra can be a, a lot more simple, which is just, you know, being kind and making sure that everyone benefits from the interaction. And that can be the tiniest, tiniest thing. Um, nice. nice yeah. Mm. And those women had a massive impact on me, as did my dad. You know, I, I have an um, incredibly close relationship with my dad. And my dad sadly isn't here either anymore. And I miss him every day. Um, but he was the one who said to me, and I remember it, absolutely um and he did it in his actions as well as in his words you can do anything mm. you set your mind to don't let anyone hold you back you can do anything i remember saying to darcy when she was about four years old so <laughs> darcy's my eldest daughter we were driving in the car and we were talking about or well, she was saying what am i going to be when i grow up and i said you know the possibilities are endless but you have to believe in yourself and you have to make it happen. And she thought for a couple of minutes, she went, a horse, I want to be a horse. <laughs> Tell her that's not going to happen. Well, you could you, you sew yourself an outfit and we'll see how we go. We did. We did. <laughs> Going back to people that influence you, my mother was a massive influence on me. Now, my mother was, she would blend into the background. You never were aware she was there. You know, she was quietly there, but incredibly strong. And I love the fact that she was like that. You know, she wasn't overbearing. She, yeah, so I do think it's, we've all got role models and sometimes we just need to look around for them. They're there and, and, and set, set your mark where you want to be. I think that's so important actually, um, the role model or the mentor and um, role modeling is is and we roll your your what you're saying is you're role modeling for your children and that's really important i hope i role model for yeah. my children as well and i hope i you know and then intend to role model for others but finding your role model comes back into that thing about you become the sum of the five people yeah. you spend the most time with so pick really good role models and i know when i was um you know my mum will admit this you know some of her parenting while I was growing up wasn't you know the best because she was dealing with stuff herself you know there was stuff going on in our lives as I was growing up and so when I had my own children I had to look around and find some role models who I could 
start mirroring their behavior of because I, I didn't think I was going to have any children. And then I suddenly had this precious child and I was like, I don't even know what to do now. Mm. I've got to this point and I, and I have no skills. I have no idea what to do now. And I looked around and I found some very um, wonderful uh, girlfriends who had children slightly older than me, uh, than mine was, or had just had a child and they were, and I watched them and I watched their mothers mm. parenting mm. them parenting their children and my mum was sadly not able to do that at that time because my dad was very sick when I had um, and then he died um, just before I had Charlie um, so she wasn't able to do that but I used them as role models to help me work out how to um, bring up my children and role models are incredibly important throughout oh, our lives. But also I think you know what Peter's just said there yes you know we also have to shake off other people's sometimes my brother was my nemesis he was five years older than me i ruined his life he, i came was he your birth brother no, no he he was their real son and i right. came along so he was the first 15 my mum had 15 uh, brothers and sisters he was the first boy of a long line he was treated like God, I came along and it was like, who is this? And throughout my life, my brother put me down totally. And I don't blame him for it because he has his own issues. Mm. But I carried that. I carried that for so long thinking, I'm not, you know, I'm nobody. My brother thinks I'm nobody. And, you know, it was so horrible to me as a child because I follow him everywhere, you know. Um, but it's also shaking off. That yeah. other people, what other people see in you often isn't you. And, you know, if, if they, my brother was so horrible to me and I carried that around for so long thinking I was unworthy, thinking I was nothing. You know, I'm not saying I'm better than anyone else, but I had to shake that off. But I, like I say, I also, I don't blame him because he had stuff going on too. We're all we're all do the best we can with mm. what we have at the time. And and very much it's about self-interest. So he will be 99% of the time we're acting out of self-interest. So he would have been doing what served him Absolutely. without any thought. I think that's one of the biggest things to learn. And I think that's a Churchill quote that I can't remember off the top of my head. But it's like you suddenly at 40, you're concerned you know, or 30, you're concerned about what everyone thinks about you. 40, you don't care. And at 50 or 60, you realize that they weren't thinking about you at all. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't even thinking about you you hadn't even entered and that is really interesting because one of the things i had to do was get out my own way yeah i was constantly in my way and i had yeah. to get out my way yeah definitely yeah it is you have to get out of your own way and that comes to you at a point and it's different for everyone um for me it was definitely at 40 i suddenly thought i'm not doing this anymore i'm not performing i'm not going to be the perfect mother i'm not going to be you know the perfect wife i'm not going to be the perfect child i'm going to be me yeah, and i just you. i'm just going to do me the best i can do it and if people don't like that then they'll leave and the yeah, people yeah, yeah that's fine you know, you were saying about, you know, be careful you spend your time with. Mm. I went through a period when I probably, just before, probably the same time, maybe about 50 when I did my art degree and everything changed for me, I realised that some friends I was carrying around like boulders. Yeah. Because they'd been part of my life for so long. They were habits. Mm. Mm. And we they probably felt the same about me. 
And I just looked and thought, why, why do I spend time with that person? And it's because I've known them since I was eight or whatever. Yeah. Actually, I don't know that we serve each other any purpose anymore. Yeah. And that sounds quite harsh. And I just literally cut the ties with quite a few people. And hey, I bet a lot of them went, thank God she's gone. I exhausted people. I could, I could feel myself sometimes vacuum, sending the vacuum out the room, you know, just by walking into it. Um, and do you know what? That's okay. Some it people is. are in our lives for a period of time. And you know we our paths cross we we you know we might not see each other for a while you know and you don't have to be in each other's lives like constantly I, I think that's pretty unhealthy personally yeah I totally agree it's it's just like at the point where let them go yeah let them be free I know that I mean I have a uh, have two girlfriends who I've known literally since uh, the day I was born and I love them but I don't spend one of them lives in Adelaide in Australia and uh, you know her, how would our lives have been different if she'd been here you know we speak once or twice a year we meet at funerals you know and um hopefully that's not too frequent sadly it has been over the last few years but you know hopefully not too frequent. and then I have another girlfriend who I've known all my life and we and uh, I know I was looked after a lot by her parents and so I see her but then you know I can look back and I can see there are groups of people along the way that I now no longer have contact with and that's okay but I have fabulous friends now and the thing that is resonating with me in this conversation is just before we came on air that no one else heard was um Maxine said to me, oh, I had a bit of a dip at the weekend because I realised I was chatting to my friends on Zoom and I thought, I've got nothing to say. I'm so dull. And I'm like, we have just spoken for 45 minutes and hopefully everyone's loving it. And from the comments, everyone's loving the conversation. You have so much to give, my darling. You have so much to give to the world that, you know, don't ever dull yourself down and say that you're dull and you've got nothing mm -hmm. to say. Sometimes it is just the people you're talking to. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Maybe, you know, think about that group of friends. And I'm sure mm -hmm. they're delightful. And I know, you know, my friends, I, I in one of my journals, I've been keeping a list of who rings me and who I've been contacting. And I've been having marvellous off-the-wall conversations with people that – interesting conversations that I never thought I'd have. Mm. But – it just brings up different things when you're um, when you're in a different situation and you can bring up some controversial topics. Like I say, I've introduced this meditation to some of my friends and they've gone, you, you're always pushing me. You're the one who makes me feel awkward. <laughs> and I'm like, that's my job. <laughs> Isn't it just lovely to be able to embrace yourself? Yeah. I think it's just... It's just so wonderful. And, and part of my journey, there are still things that I'm working on. I, I, I trust issues I have when it comes to the opposite sex. And I don't know if I'll, I can't see myself getting in a relationship. And, you know, when I've been married twice, this is quite sad, actually. So my first husband, who was the love of my life, I left him just in case. He hurt me. Oh, God. I know. Isn't that awful? Oh, God. And my second husband, who I thought treated me quite badly, when I actually reflect, he never had me. I've yeah. never, ever given myself to anybody. And that's a working process. I don't know if I ever will be able to, to be honest with you. Um, mm. And that's something I 
really I'm trying to work on how, you know, if I'm going to enter a relationship the next few years, how am I going to do that? Because it's very selfish to keep some of yourself back. And I know why I do it. I do it to protect myself. I know that. Mm. But it's also very selfish. So when I did finally leave my second husband and thought, oh, my God, he treated me so badly, I had to look at myself and go, actually, Maxine, he never had you. Yeah. So he was deprived of having you, the having you completely. So I think the work on you. I think for me, the, the work on myself is is always ongoing. Mm, that's interesting. So looking at thinking about that, you know, thinking about having another relationship. Are there other things in your life that, when you look back, you think I might revisit that, or I might not ever revisit that? Like the degree that you started. Yeah. Like, the friends I would love you know my plan is I mean I'm loving the business I love what I do you know I, I just you know I, I, I it's I, very creative isn't it it's a it lot of creativity very, very creative and I was thinking about that before this conversation how creative it is because I'm creating uh, a brand I've created a brand I've created a product in my kitchen I'm creating a community I'm creating a voice you know for other women and other yeah. men too and that's that's very empowering but, you know, yeah, you know, we're talking to investors at the moment. I am. Uh, whether we do a part investment, whether we sell out, we're looking at all our options. And I'm probably going to go for part investment uh, because I love what I do. And I've got a very young, hungry team. Mm. Um, and, I, yeah, one day I would love to go back and finish my fine art. Would you? I yeah. loved it. I loved everything yeah. about it. Everything. Could you imagine? So from... The Dare to Go Bear came absolute collagen. I know. I wonder. And you only did one project. I did a couple couple of projects. But that was a biggie. Uh, If you go back and do it, I wonder what would come. For me, that's exciting. It's installation for me. I love installations. Yeah. You know, I can't paint. If you told me. You can. You can't yet. Well, I can. I can't. So. Or you won't. (laughs) If you said, oh, paint me, I wouldn't know where to start, you know. But yeah, I mean, the, and the, the whole, I think what my art degree gave me was a avenue to be creative. And that out of that creativity came so much. And I only did it for a year. And you know, um, so they're saying, can you tell us a little bit about your product, Maxine? Uh, yeah. it till the end. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so part of my art degree dare to go bare was as I said stripped myself of makeup realized I was so insecure had to put myself back together and as I said that was kind of a process of spiritual physical and and mental and emotional on the physical side I'd started making my own bone broth and drinking it and I just had the most amazing sense of well-being my skin was shiny my hair was glowing and I even like the whites my eyes were really white and I was like whoa what's going on Lots and lots and lots of research later, I realized it was the collagen that was in the bone broth that was having this amazing effect on me. So I created Absolute Collagen. So Absolute Collagen, what, so I asked myself, what did I want? I wanted the finest ingredients. I wanted the maximum dose my body needed. I wanted the minimum 100% natural ingredients. I wanted it ready mixed. 
I wanted it great for travel and I did not want to pay a lot of money for it. And that's what I created, Absolute Collagen. I created it in my kitchen here. I was literally cooking up pig's feet and, and pig's trotters and chicken feet. Oh. Now, obviously, we buy in hydrolyzed marine collagen. So I've done lots of research and marine collagen has a better bioavailability, meaning the way your body breaks it down is far superior. I knew I wanted it liquid. Tablets can be filled with fillers and binders. Also, your body absorbs tablets in the stomach. So your stomach acid can, can sometimes damage them. So I wanted it to be liquid because it absorbs higher up and is far better for you. You absorb it quicker. Most brands, I've only, I only discovered this after I've been trading for about a year, most brands put in the minimum required in order to make the claim. So that is five grams of collagen. We put the maximum your body needs in order to make a difference. And somebody, I saw a question earlier, somebody was saying, is there certain type of amount of collagen for certain ages? So when you get to about 25, your collagen levels start depleting and that is nothing you can do about that, that happens. And then what happens is your skin goes wrinkly, you get sagging, you're, you get aches and pains, your hair might go thin, you, you can't bend, you know, you look at a five-year-old, they can almost bend in half. So that is collagen, all of that. Even your gums are collagen, your organs are collagen, your brain, your stomach. And so collagen really, really is key to absolutely everything about you. And so when you put it back in your body, so at 25, your collagen levels start depleting. And I think when women get to about 50, we've lost like 30% of our collagen. It's ridiculous. Oh, um, <laughs> sorry. Um, when you put it into your body, so you take it eternally, you, you drink it, and this is where the absolute magic happens. It, it gets ingested into the bloodstream. Now, collagen is a protein, so it should not get ingested into the bloodstream. But the collagen we use, and the t this is why we use a specific kind of collagen, has undergone a process of hydrolyzation. That means it's been broken down to such tiny particles that it does get absorbed. So it gets absorbed into the bloodstream and then it's attracted to the fibroblasts that sit under the skin and they're responsible for creating collagen. So not only does it put the collagen back in, it stimulates them and wakes them up and says create collagen. And then what you'll get is this kind of dewiness to your skin. I mean, it's just incredible. It really is. And as I said, there's so much more benefits to your brain. You, you know, they prescribe collagen for a leaky gut, which is very Western. So what happens, people say to me, how long does it take to work? That depends. So your body's an amazingly incredible thing. So what it will do, when you start taking the collagen, it will send it to the part, part of your body your body needs most. So for me, it was probably my stomach. I, I love sweet things. I overeat chocolate. So I've got a very Western diet I did have. So it was probably my stomach. So it goes to the part of body where it needs the, it needs the most. Once it's repaired that, it then goes to your skin and to other parts of your body. So some people will get results in three days. And that also, if they're incredibly in tune with their body, some might take 16 weeks. And if you go off our website, you'll see we've got over 1,000, 1,500 reviews. You know, our customers are so important to us. We've got such an engaged audience. And so, yeah, so 
that's the product. You won't find us in shops. We're a direct consumer brand. And that's because I wanted to manage the consumer experience. I wanted to make sure from the moment they clicked onto us that they were completely looked after. And you'll see that on our reviews as well. We, we get so many positive comments about our social, about our uh, customer service. So that I launched in May 17 with that one, which is the ladies. The men were buying it. Um, and so I created the men's and it's exactly the same formula it's just a man we have undergone uh sort of we've just rebranded the woman's used to have a face on it doesn't anymore and the men's is, is in currently being changed and that's it so that's the product and yeah i mean we are the fastest one of the fastest uh direct consumer brands in the uk so not, not surprising based on the the fabulous product and also you know the way you manage the marketing and the way that that is it's so um, in tune with now and, and I, I saw yesterday you've been nominated as a finalist yeah. entrepreneur of the year in yeah. woman and home amazing woman awards i know and for somebody i gave up work at 25 i can't even tell you i had a career i didn't um i gave up work to become a stay-at-home mom i had two stepchildren and i loved being a stay-at-home mom. So I can't even tell you that I had experience. I just got on with the job in hand. So I, and everybody says to me, how the hell did you get this from your kitchen to where it is now? I mean, we, we turn over 10 million pounds in three years. First of all, I always say my point of reference is the product works. I would never have launched it had it not worked. And secondly, I am the product. So my my morals, my values, my integrity, that is so key to the product. When I first started, I was told I was too cheap and I had to be really, I could put £10 a box on every box of that. Why aren't you? And I had to really, really look at this. And what that came down to, and it took me quite a while to realise, why, why, why is it, Maxine, you will not put the price of that box up when you can? It was because I was that ten, that six to eight, nine, ten-year-old little girl walking around the shops with my mum, who was on the breadline her whole life, wondering why my mum could not uh, afford the products other women could. So to me, I don't think beauty should be pocket deep. And this works out for eight grams of the best collagen you can get. It works out £1.93 per day. Wow. Yeah. So we've got some questions. Yes. We've got some questions. I'm going to start asking you these questions because yes. we are coming up to the two yes. o'clock. And um, Maxine has been wonderful and given us a, a fabulous hour of her time. But we do have to be mindful of the fact that you do have other things to do today. <laughs> Apart from seeing you. I love it though. I love it when we talk. I could talk to you for hours. I love, I love chatting to you. You know I do. So the first question um, is um, was copied from Griselda Bear. Do you have any information yet on whether different quantities of collagen are required by different people, perhaps depending on age or size or something else? Yeah. So when I started, I looked, uh, I, I did lots of research, spoke to lots of scientists, and they said the average person needs about seven to eight grams of collagen a day to make a difference, which is why we've got eight grams of collagen in each. We are looking at creating a supplement for younger a lot younger so my both my children take it but they're all about preventative so they yeah. need slightly less collagen although we're working with birmingham university on that we, at the moment we're not sure if they do we think it they need about the same as us so 
eight grams is about what you need per day. Okay, brilliant. So let's say done answering that. So the next one is from Edith. Will you ever be changing the way collagen is packaged? So yes. in the little, I've been using it since the pure evening, so the Trailblazers ah, evening last year, and it really does work. But please, can you think about removing all the plastic? Yeah. So this is something we we absolutely comes up every, I say three times a week. So when I first started, my ethos was beauty should be pocket deep. Now it's about the plastic. If mm -hmm. it was as simple as putting it into a glass bottle, we would have done that by now. That creates its own carbon footprint, and it's not that simple. So we are working again with Birmingham University, we're brilliant, and we're looking at creating a recycled, uh, recyclable plastic sachet. However, we are also looking at, uh, Darcy, my daughter at the moment, is looking at putting it into a jar where you get the jar on day one and then you keep the jar and then you just get a refill to, to put in it. So, yes, we are looking yeah. at that. But it's not, as I said, if it was as simple as putting it in a glass bottle, we would have literally done it by now. Yeah, yeah. These things are never quite as simple as they seem, yeah. are they? And what happens if you can't do marine sauce? Okay, so I don't, I can't see that not happening. So um, the collagen... You have to be really, really careful with collagen. So there's lots of collagen out there. There's not even collagen, it's gelatine. I wouldn't go near it. Um, mm. And I certainly wouldn't be putting it in my body. We only buy from two absolutely certified, reputable companies, and we would never buy from anyone else. We are their biggest customer, or one of the biggest customers. And every, so the fish we use is fish that's already heading for human consumption. So no mm. fish has been killed. We also can tell you the exact lake, the exact time. It was. It, we can tell you everything about that fish. I personally would not be putting bovine um, or porcine or any other form of collagen in my body because I know that marine is the best. So, yeah, I wonder whether maybe. Yeah, I'm wondering whether maybe some of that question is about an allergy to. Um, so most people don't get an allergy. So if you have a fish allergy, it's not a crustacean. Um, we do obviously say that, you know, if you if you have a fish allergy, it might affect you. However, we find that most people aren't affected. So if you're allergic to clams, mussels and prawns, the chances are you won't be allergic to this. OK, so that's I think there's, there's two you sides. That is you have to bear that in mind. Yeah, that um, allergies are, uh, you know, out there. I know my mother-in-law has um, an allergy to fish and a touch allergy to plastic, so that's why she can't uh, use. I uh, can't use it at the moment, but yeah. you know, it would be fabulous for her if we resolve um, some of those the the plastic issue. So that has just been absolutely amazing. I wonder if the um, everyone's asking, you know, it, can we put a link into where they can buy, um, and maybe you can offer them a little kind of incentive. Yeah. To, of Come on board. Um, I will put a put a put a link in um, to the website, and yes. I will offer some incentive. Um, but again, that will be on the link as well. Yeah. So we'll offer you some incentive, and what we'll do is we'll share that on the Pure Facebook page. 
and we'll also put it out um, to our members. We're having a members Zoom meeting on Friday night because we're about to launch a new event, a new online event. <laughs> Exciting. So um, we'll let them we'll let you all know the link for that as well then. So you'll be able to go on and um, have a go. And as Edith said, you know, she came to the Trailblazers event last last year. And I know a lot of people did and started buying it and have been buying it literally ever since. So it's um it's been amazing Aww. thank you so much thank you everyone saying um how great it's been and thank you and thank Aww, you for your thank time you. Thank you we for wish you time. we wish you all the best with the award well i'm doing it exciting we wish you all the best with mongolia next year yeah keep never know i might be one of the 50 I'm, i don't know what else i've got to do i might have to do some more <laughs> and um more helping I will come to the Isle of Wight next year. Yes, come to the Isle of Wight. I will send. We will send you the details. It's um, going to be like the first weekend of um, April because that's when it was. It was like the first of the third was the launch, and we were all going. And so, yes, yeah, so we'll send you the um, invite to that. And Jeremy and Griselda will invite you. I'm sure. I'll send Super. You, I'd love send to you the details. Up. And good luck with the investment. Thank you. See how Bye. that goes. Bye. Thank, Thank you so you. much. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 We're ending now. <laughs> Bye. Bye.